And let's go to Galatians chapter 5, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word. Galatians chapter 5, and we are focusing on the fruit of the Spirit. And I wanted to actually read a couple things here. Let's read Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. And we're going to look at a couple things here. Tonight we're going to look at the fruit of peace. Let's look at let's look at of Galatians chapter five verse twenty two. It says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law." Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for peace, not any peace, but your peace, when it reigns in our hearts. Is a peace that the world does not understand. Right. Is a peace that gives us calmness in the midst of storms and trials of life. Is a peace that trusts you, no matter what we're going through. And Lord, may we understand, Lord, that you are the God of peace. And you come to give peace to this world. And Lord, we live in a world of turmoil. But you come and say, peace, be still. Lord, I just pray, Lord... As I preach, teach me as, as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I just want to look <clears throat> a couple of things here. If you look at, let's look at verse 19, because we have a tendency to look at the fruit of the Spirit. And there's another fruit here, which is the fruit of the flesh. Let's look at the fruit of the flesh right here, or the works of the flesh. The Bible says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which, which are these. So, Interesting, you have to understand the word works here. The fruit of the Spirit is one fruit. The works of the flesh is in the plural. That means it's more than one. Look what the works of the flesh does. It says it's manifest in these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, and murderous drunkenness, reviling, and such like, of, of which I tell you, be, uh, tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's the, the works of the flesh or the fruits of the, I say the fruits of the flesh, the works of the flesh, and then in a plural. But when you come to the fruit of the Spirit, it is one single, single fruit. Look what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is because it's one fruit. is because that's what the Spirit of God does in us and through us. So the works of flesh is what we do. The work of the Spirit is what God does in us. You follow that? I cannot say, oh, I am, I am doing this, I am, I have the fruit, I'm doing the fruit of love and the fruit of joy. No, no, no. It's God in us doing that for in us, through us. So the fruit of the flesh, that's what we do. And they come in the plural because, I mean, there's a lot more than what is in there. But, I mean, think about it. What we do are we capable of doing as humans. Now, the, the, the Lord or the Spirit of God, when it dwells in us, that's what he does. And it manifests. So it's, that's why it's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's one fruit. So this fruit is manifested or manifests itself in these things. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That's the manifestation of the Spirit in us and through us. So as we continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit tonight, we come into the word peace. 
So far we look at love, joy, and now peace. We're going to look at every single of those manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit. So peace is something missing in many parts of our world, isn't it? Peace is what many people want and strive for. Let me put it this way. Is our world at peace today? No, it's not. So I cannot honestly say tonight that many people don't live in peace, but are in pure turmoil. There are many people that don't live in peace. Some people, to be honest with you, even in this country of ours, of America, they never have peace. Their life is always turmoil. They go from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing. And you, like, and you just go, oh, well, stop here. You need Jesus. We need Jesus right here. Stop right now. Their lives is full of turmoil. There's always something going on with them. So many people don't, don't uh, even know what peace is because they never really experience, uh, in, in a real sense, what peace is. Listen, folks, it's not the peace that this world offers because this world is not at peace, never been at peace. It's the peace of God that people don't understand. So we live in a world that is no real peace, and everywhere you turn, there is, is war and terrorism and rumors of war going on. Listen, folks, I remember years ago when the President Bush Jr., is that Jr.'s name? Or not the senior, the other one, the son. And uh, he went to, when he was brief, he became the president, and he was briefed to be the president. Remember that. I know I mean, something stuck, stuck with you. I remember when journalists asked him, so as your first briefing that you have with all, all the other members of government, so what do you think about being a president? He said, it's very sobering. I <laughs> was a it's very sobering. I can't imagine what he was exposed to. You know, he was, he, what he was exposed to. For example, in my job, we have a meeting every single day, 6 a.m. 6 in the morning. You know, and uh, we have some type of a meeting brief, so to speak. And some things are said in those meetings that I don't dare tell anybody. I'm telling you, it's very sobering. Some things look blah, 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 as usual. But there's some things are being said there that are, like, very sobering. And you're just like, wow. Uh, from, from the place that I work, I can say that our world is not at peace. Is not at peace. So, for many generations, uh, people strive to be at peace. They, 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 that, that's the human heart. We want to be at peace. But there is no peace. Peace will only come to this world when Jesus, listen to this, rules and reigns for a thousand years. That's that thousand years of peace that the world will experience. The only peace that can be truly known in this world, it will come through Jesus Christ. But we can experience the peace of God by making peace with Him. If we say to somebody that is not saved today, you're not at peace with God, you are with God, they look at you like you have five heads. But that's the reality, that's the truth. We're not at peace with God, but we can make peace with God. I remember when I led my dad to the Lord in a hospital bed, is why I told my dad, Dad, do you want to make peace with God? And he said, I'm ready for. And he did. He made peace with God that very moment. He realized he was at war with God. So uh, man has made many promises for peace over the years and broken every single one of them. But God cannot lie. He will keep his promise to give us peace in our lives, even in the midst of tribulation. Actually, go to John chapter 6, verse 16, verse 33. I want you to see something there. John 16, 33. We're going to look at the subject of peace tonight as one of them, the manifestations of the Spirit of God. And look what it says there. These things I have spoken unto you, 
that he that in me, in, I'm sorry, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Jesus said an honest thing that we all understand. In this world is tribulation after tribulation. Isn't that true? <coughs> but in the midst of these tribulations that we're going through, we can experience the peace of God. If we make peace with God, we can live and experience that peace that we have, that we have made with God. I remember when I was battling cancer, I was asked that question. So how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you have anxiety? Are you depressed? I said, no, I have nothing of those things. Oh, why not? I said, I am at peace with God. Amen. And they look at you like, you know, you, you, you're a cuckoo. You know, you're a cuckoo. No, I am at peace with God. Whatever God wants for me, I am okay with it. But they don't understand. But we understand as the children of God. What is to have that peace of God in the midst of turmoil? So the world around us longs for peace. People want peace. We have peace marches. We have peace demonstrations, which are not always peaceful. <laughs> we have peace. We have peace counselors and peace uh, uh, medications, whatever it is out there. But we will never find true peace apart from God. Apart from Jesus, apart from the Holy Spirit, uh, through whom with the fruit of the Spirit comes to us, you know, there's no real peace. Get this. For the Christian, peace is not simple. The absence of conflict or any other artificial state of, uh, of the world has, has to offer. Rather, it is a deep, abiding peace only Jesus brings to the heart of those who make peace with him. The world, listen, you can talk about the peace of God with an unsaved person, and they do not understand you. And they go to you, it's like, how in the world do you, you seem to be okay and you're full of trouble? I'm at peace with God. I'm content. I'm at peace with God, trusting the Lord. And they look at you and they don't understand. They don't, don't, they don't, they, they try to grasp for what you're saying. And they don't get it. So areas love has to do with uh, your attitude and joy has to do with your emotions. Peace has to do the, with our primary, uh, with the mind. Our growing peace as I allow the spirit to guard my mind. When you allow your mind to get distracted and disturbed, you miss out the peace that God has for you. Listen, it goes like this. If you allow the world to fill your mind, you forget the peace that you have with God and your mind begins to be full of turmoil because of the things of this world. But if you just put your mind in the Word of God and, and, and understand the peace of God, even those things come to you, they don't bother you because you have peace with God. You follow that? Let's look at this from several points. The God of peace. The God of peace. So if we experience the peace of God, obviously this peace comes from a source. I explained this last week. All right, so if you want to drink water from a water hose, you've got to connect the water hose somewhere. Otherwise, you just have an empty ear, and you look at it, and you have nothing in there, right? you got the water hose. So why water is not coming? Well, it's not connected to the source. So the source of peace is God. He is our source of peace. We connected to him when we receive Jesus as our Savior. So we look for the peace of God. You, we have that source, and he fills our heart with that peace that the world can now offer. Same thing with electricity. is a current, right? That current comes from what? A source. So the source of this peace is God. God is the God of peace. So let me remind you that people who speak like, uh, like uh, let me go back a little bit. I, I, I just over, overwent my, 
just read a statement that it was not not yet <laughs> to come. So, so, so even, um, I put it like this. So some even say that the God of the Old Testament is, a, yeah, there you go, is too, too judgment, too blood, and too unloving. Let me remind you that people who speak like this are people who do not, do not understand who God really is. So today we live in a world, you know, even today we live in a world that people are very insensitive. And we say something, something that to correct them in love, guess what happened? You're too judgment. You're too legalist. You're too like this. I think somebody probably say God is too legalist. Or God is too judgmental. They say already that. What about saying God is too legalist? All right, God is a God of peace. Go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Let's look about the Lord that we worship. Is he a judgmental God? Is he a legalistic God? Or is he a God of peace and love? Look what it says there in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Look what it says. Beloved, he's talking to us. Let us love one another, for love is what? Of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He said that those who love like that are those who are born again. They understand the love of God. And look at says in verse 8. He that loveth not, not knoweth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 16. Go down a few verses. And we have known and believed the love that God had for us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. So don't compare this love that he's talking about here with the love of the world, because that's not what he's talking about. So, I mean, like, you know, we, talk, we begin to think, if we have a worldly mind, we begin to think that's the world, that, the love, type of love we see around. No, it's not. That is the love of God. Because if you go back to the verse there, he says, Beloved, he's talking to Christian people. You've been saved. You have the Holy Spirit in them. And he's talking about, reminds us of the, love, of the God that we worship, the God that we serve, is a God that is a loving God. So our source is because the source comes from a God which is a loving God, and he brings this peace to us, and we receive that peace at the moment of salvation so if only people understand that we christians serve a loving forgiving merciful caring god who love uh, who, who love us more than we can love ourselves for sure so the bible tells us uh, us above above love uh, god is a god of peace as well there are three main expressions we find in the bible to have to do with peace and god let's look at them letter a the god of peace the God of peace. The first expression is God of peace. It has to do with the peace that God has in, him, in himself. This has to do with God's character, with who he is. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. And Paul expresses that and, and, and tells us about the God that we serve. He is a God of peace. And look what he says there in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 33. For God is not the author of what? Confusion. But look what it says, but of peace, as, all, as in all churches of the saints. And he said literally to, to me and you, listen, our God is not a God of confusion, but he's the God of peace. Not worldly peace, because worldly peace is very confusing. You get that? So you have a young lady or a young girl or a young woman, how you want to put it, and sees this guy or vice versa, and she goes, oh, I'm so in love, I want to get married with you. He said, you are confused. <laughs> you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just attracted to that person. What do you know? So anyway, what God says right here, he is, the Bible says right here, he's not a God of confusion, he's a God of peace. 
We already have seen, uh, seen that God is the, is the God of love and the God of joy. He is also the God of peace. Who is, uh, he, it is who he is. It is his character trait. God is a God of peace. So the Bible teaches us that God is one God in three persons. Some people call us all, all like weird because of that. So you guys worship three gods. No, I worship one God. Amen. That's what we do. That's a lesson for another time. So all three persons of the Godhead live in a perfect peace, in harmony with one another, and they have done it for, for all eternity. So the Son lives in perfect harmony with the Father. Jesus said these words in, in John 5.19. The Son can do nothing of Himself, but, uh, but, ha- but what He has seen the Father do. For what things soeth He doeth, uh, these uh, also do with the Son likewise. We can see that the love is mutual between the Father and the Son. It is an eternal love. And that's the source of that love that we have. That's the source of that peace that we have. It comes from God Himself. And we see also the Spirit. And the Spirit lives in perfect harmony with the Father and the Son. And we see this in John chapter 16, verse 33. So Jesus and the Son, uh, and the, uh, as the Son of God, He honored, displayed God's Perfect peace in life. You see, if you look at the Gospels and the life of Jesus on earth, Jesus was at peace. Even with people tried to betray him, lie to him, get all kinds of things about him, Jesus was in perfect peace every step that he did. What an example for us to follow as we go through the turmoils and problems of life. Did Jesus face problems? He did. Did Jesus have accusers? He did. And look how he reacts every time. In his humanity, he gave us an example because we can say, well, I can't do that. I'm a sinner. Okay. But you have the peace of God in your heart. And so do I. And we can, we have the spirit of God in us. And let me tell you, what an example that he gave to us, how we should react to situation and problems and conflicts of life. Let it be, you see, the peace, peace of God. Peace of God. The second expression of peace of God is to do with the peace that God gives us. God takes the peace that he has in himself and he shares it with us so that we can experience that peace in our hearts. That is a peace that the world can never offer you. That is a peace that the world does not understand. That is a peace that the world doesn't, doesn't possess. I remember before I got saved, I remember my wife worked with a, uh, another lady there in her job, she was a Christian. Uh, she's still a Christian. Uh, but anyway, uh, and my wife, went, I, forgot, I don't know if she remembers that. I remember her talking about how she used to say, oh, they go to church in the morning, they come back at night, they stay all day at church. And I remember saying, who in the world goes to church and stays there all day? Don't have nothing better to do? I remember being that critical in spirit. You remember that? And, and I remember, and then, uh, no, when, you, when I made Peace with God, and the peace of God just overtake my heart. Guess what? I'm doing the same thing. And I'm not complaining. <laughs> you know, what did, what did it change? Well, God changed me. And when he changed the heart, he put his peace in my heart to a point I'm content enough to be with God's people in God's house. So the world cannot understand this type of peace. This is a peace that the world does not understand. Like I said, this is a peace that the world doesn't possess. This is the peace of God. That is a peace that comes from Him because He's the source of this peace. 
There are so many examples of this in Scripture, but let me share with you just two right here. Psalm 29, verse 11 says these words, The Lord will give you strength, unto, uh, give, will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. First, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Look what it says right here. It is a great verse. And, the Lord, and now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace always by all means. You see, it don't matter what problem of life we have. It don't matter what situ situation of life we have. It don't matter financially where we are. It don't matter how much we're hurting. We can be in the midst of that and be at peace. You say, oh, Pastor, easy for you to say. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, but it's the reality. Listen, we can complain until, until tomorrow, or we can have trust in God and trusting and have the peace of God in our hearts. We can do either way. Isn't that true? We can have something in our lives and we can complain. You know what? It amounts to nothing. We just complain. Or we can have the peace of God. What a beautiful prayer. Paul prays that the Lord of peace would give you his peace at all times, every day. Only God, the God of peace, can give you this type of peace. Let us see. Peace with God. Peace with God has to do with your relationship with Him. Relationship with God stored through Jesus Christ, of course, the moment of salvation. So the expression of peace with God has to do with your relationship, like I said, with Him. Our relationship with Him, we have made peace with God. And now, you know, listen, we live in a, a sinful world, in a cursed world. We live in a stumbling world. We have sinners all over us. We have wickedness and evil all over us. But can we walk in this world in peace with God? Yes, we can. Thank you, brother. Yes, we can. We can live or walk in peace with... Where, where was Paul in prison? Was he complaining? No. You know, he was there. But now he, was, he, was, he said, I learned, that's what he said in Philippians, I learned to, whatever situation, to be to abase and to abound. He was, he was content where he was, even in that situation. I see, may we learn that that we have made peace with God, may we learn to, to be at peace with God, no matter what situation of life we may be. And let, listen, folks, and situations come to us all the time. Like I said many times, you know, it's one problem after another. You resolve one, it comes another. You resolve one. It seems like the li life on earth is a battlefield. It's like, hey, one problem, here's another problem, here's another problem. And you know what? We do this with peace and joy. There are many people who never made peace with God. The only peace that they know is the peace that this world offers. They do not know the God of peace. They don't, don't, don't understand, they have met the God of peace. They never meet, made peace with God. And because they never made peace with God, they are at war with God. And if you say that to people, if you say that to people, are you at war with God? They, some of them will get mad at you. What do you mean I'm at I'm war? I'm not at war with God as you are. For example, we find this expression in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God to our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1.20 it says, and having made peace through the blood of the cross, of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, and by him I say whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. So we see right here, this peace with God we made through the moment we received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So get this, folks. Some people joke 
mock and find God insignificant and powerless in their lives. They even call him, uh, call him the man upstairs. They speak like he is far and far away from the affairs of mankind. Like he doesn't know or either understand what's going on down here. They think God doesn't know what's going on down here. And the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Amen. So it's nothing that we do or nothing that is going on in this world that God is not aware. You think they like it comes an angel to the altar, to the throne of grace. Oh Lord, Lord, they are fighting down there. Right. That God doesn't know. But people speak that way. Some even claim that God does not even exist at all. Others give, give away his claims of creation uh, like uh, to the Big Bang Theory, evolution, many other sorts of nonsense that goes on down here. Some even claim that to be smarter than God. And they say, when I meet God, I'm going to tell him what he needs to hear. Really? Can you imagine that? But, but uh, do you ever heard people say that? They do say that. Some others claim to, to, to be their own gods. I have a man, I try to witness to him. He said, he said, don't ever do that to me. I am my own God. Wow. So the truth is that all... Or, uh, is that all of the people never made peace with God. They don't understand the peace that comes from God. They don't have the peace that God, of God inside their hearts. All right, let's go to the, one, the first point, in peace, uh, point number one, the, the God of peace. Point number two, the obstacles to peace. There are many obstacles that prevent people from experiencing the peace of God in their lives. There are obstacles for those who are not believers and, for, and also for those who are believers. Let's look at the unbeliever, the unbeliever obstacle. Number one, unbelief. The greatest obstacle for an unsafe person to make peace with God is unbelief. Their minds, uh, the minds uh, are saturated with some type of religious affiliation of the teaching of this world and their own ignorance to the fact that, that God uh, uh, is unreal to them. So they don't, want, they don't get it or they don't want to get it. Not only that, that, but that God wants to, uh, to them to experience in their lives. God wants to put their, His peace in his, their heart, but they don't believe it. So unbelief is a serious problem in the heart of many people because of their unbelief in God. They cannot experience the peace of God, and they confuse the peace of God with the peace of this world. Actually, look, listen to Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And he did not many mighty works did because, look what it says, of their unbelief. Mark 6, 6, it says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Now what you, the, the Bible says, he came to his own, his own receive him, not why? Because of unbelief. Why people do not get saved? Because of unbelief. They don't really believe. They don't, they, how can they believe in something they really don't believe in? So you witness to them and they, they give you all different statements because it's, the problem is unbelief in the heart. Number two, blindness. Blindness. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. It says this, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that he ends for walk not as other Gentiles walk. Look what it says, in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkness, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of, look what it says, the blindness of their hearts. They're blind to the fact that God is a God of peace and they, can, they don't want to take those things out so they continue to walk in this world blindly. So the blindness of those 
who are lost is a great because of for them to not experience the peace of God. They're gonna, God wants to make peace with them, but they're too blind to see. They are so blinded by their own sin that they don't see or try to understand how can they make peace with God and live in peace with God. Spiritual blindness, folks, is a serious thing. In such condition, a person will never understand or experience peace with God. And let me tell you, the majority of our world is full of blind people. You try to witness to them and they don't get it. They don't get it. And sometimes we get frustrated. Why they don't understand? Because they're blind. Let it be, we see the believer's obstacle. So we see the unbelievers. You see unbelief, blindness. What about believers? The believer made peace with God the moment they received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, right? But even though they are at peace with God, so many of us are not experiencing the peace of God. You follow that? We made peace with God at the moment of salvation, but many Christians are not experiencing the peace of God. You know why? Because they want both worlds. They want the world and they want God, and that doesn't work. There are, there are three main obstacles to peace in our lives. Worry, fear, and conflict. Let's look at this. Worry has to do with the potential troubles. Fear has to do with present troubles. Conflict has to do with interpersonal troubles. So let's look at this. Worry, potential troubles. Worry or, or anxiety about potential troubles can rob us of the peace of God. We can lose that sense of peace because we're too worried. And worry, many, many times, let me tell you, 99% of things that we worry never come to pass. You know, I learned that in my own life. I'm worried about something I did at work, and oh, I made a big mistake. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen tomorrow? I got there, and I prayed, Lord, turn that thing around, fix it up when I get there. And I got there, it was fixed. And I said, why in the world I lost sleep all night, didn't sleep all night. Turned from one side, I said, I'm so tired. You know, I didn't sleep good for a while. Worried about nothing. And if it was wrong, then what? Got to fix it when you get there. You know, it's not like you can fix, fix the thing by worrying about it. You can't. So worry is a potential of trouble. We think the worst when we worry. You see, worry is a negative feeling. You follow that? When we worry, we think about the worst. We don't think about good. Who worries about good things? Nobody does. It's, a, it's always a negative emotional feeling. Look what it says in Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of men make it a stop. Worry and anxiety can bring disastrous effects from constant stress to ulcers to, uh, to nervous breakdowns. Worry is a weight in our, in, your, in our life that drags us down and stands in the way of peace. So we worried and we're not experiencing the peace that we made with God. Look what it says in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat? Well, we have people so worried about eating healthy these days. Now, yet uh, for your body, what shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye the f first the kingdom of God, and what is righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And verse 34 says, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God says when you, when you lay your head in your pillow, just go to sleep, and tomorrow is another day. 
worry is a cause is, is caused by uncertainty about the future. The future is wide open to us. We don't know what's going to happen, so we worried about all sorts of things. But Jesus said to you and me, don't worry. Don't worry. So uh, don't worry about the potential troubles. If they come, if, listen, troubles will come one way or the other. But for us to worry, we're doing harm to ourselves. Let it be. Fear. Present troubles. The second obstacle to peace is fear. Fear has to do with the present troubles in our lives. Things that are happening right now. I witnessed to a man. One time I led him to the Lord. Him and his wife and his daughter was a member of our church. So I, we went there and the daughter said to me, can you tell my dad has lumps in his body to go to the doctor? And I said to him, I said, sir, like I don't try to intervene here. It's not my business, but is that true what your daughter is saying? He said, yes. I said, why don't you go to the doctor? I don't want him to tell me that I have cancer. I looked at him and I said, so you know you have it, or potentially you have it, but, oh, I don't want so, I said, sir, so you can go there so you can, you can get treat, treatments. I don't know if you ever did or not. But fear, fear of what the doctor is going to say. Listen, nobody wants to hear that word cancer, believe me. That's an ugly word, believe me. And it's even uglier when it's you. I've been there. When you go and the doctor says you have cancer, it's like, oh, me? No, it can't be me. There's somebody else behind me. No, it's you. It's different when it's you because the first thing you do, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to. Are you going to worry about what? Nothing. So the fear, we, we, people don't want to go, especially to doctors, because they're afraid of what's going to, what is the news. Listen, we will die one, time, one, day, one, one way or the other, right? You might live 50 more years, or you might live two days. Who knows? We never know what life brings. We have an appointment with our maker, and we will depart. People are, don't matter what they say, people are fearful of dying. Many are. Fear present trouble. So fear is a great obstacle to, to avoid us from experiencing the peace of God in our hearts. I love David's, David's word. Let's actually go to Psalm chapter 3, verse 5. I love David's words right here in this psalm. Look what he says. Acting it is, it is, this is something we should do ourselves. It includes me too. Look what it says. Psalm chapter, chapter 3, verse 5. I lay me down and sleep. I awake for the Lord was sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Now, can you imagine that? You have you have you outside your house. There's about a thousand soldiers over there trying just just to get you. And you go, that's okay, guys. I'm going to sleep, and I will wake up in the morning. That was David. That's what he did. He said, I won't trouble that. God will take care of me. Wow. It says, no fear. Somebody would be shaking. What are these people doing outside? Ooh, you lose sleep. No, David. What a wonderful psalm. Remember, remember, David was running from Saul all over the place. Saul wanted to kill him. So if you have 10,000 enemies surrounded you, uh, drawing up against you, would you sleep in peace? Or would you worry? Look what John, uh, uh, In John 14, 27, look at what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now as the world give it, give it, give I unto you. So the scriptures relates 
to, to give in the whole, the, 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 the Jesus left this peace for us to, to, to enjoy and, and rejoice in it. But let me tell you this. If we allow the problems of life to take over us, we will not experience that peace of God. Number three, conflict. Conflict. The third obstacle to peace has, has to do with that, to deal with our own lives and personal lives and conflicts. Conflict has to do with interpersonal troubles. God uh, uh, not only gives us peace, He calls us to peace. First, He makes peace with us through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and He gives us His own personal peace, and then He calls us to living peace. Conflict threatens to disrupt the peace that we have with God. And in, in, in order to keep their peace, sometimes we must take drastic steps. Look what Jesus said. Go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Look what Jesus said about this. So, for us not to allow problems of life or conflicts to rob us of our peace. Here's one pastor said that to me. Brother Barboza, and I'll give you the name of the pastor if you want. I give it to Pastor Crichton said this to me. He said to me, Brother Barboza, don't let people rob you from the peace that you have with God. Don't let them suck the joy out of your heart. That was good words. Still remember that. But look what it says in Matthew 5, 23. It says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and they remember that thy brother had ought against thee, leave the, the, the gift before the altar, and go thy way, and first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You see, in a personal peace, is is so important to God that if you are not at peace with another, go tell, uh, 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 God tells us, to interrupt our worship and go make peace with them. You say, what about they, they don't want to make peace with you? At least you tried. Isn't that what we should do? Yeah. I mean, you can go to somebody and say, well, you forgive me. You say, I don't forgive you. You can't control that. How are you going to control that? Because they have their own ways of doing things. So, I like that verse. About leave that gift in the others. First, they acknowledge that peace with others is not always possible. Not everyone is willing to live in peace with you. Do you ever have somebody that goes to you and say, I don't like you? They're like, wow, that's harsh. Well, I, I had people that told me that. I was like, yeah, I have a man at work that literally looked at me and said, I don't like you. I said to him, I said, anything I can do so you can like me? He says, nothing. But I learned that he has said that to other people as well. That's like, wow, that's a drastic way. So how can I make peace with that? The Bible says, if possible, live peacefully with all men. Sometimes it's not possible, not because of you, it's because of them. You want to make peace, you have peace with God, but don't let that rob your joy from you. Lord, I try, they don't want to. Secondly, it tells, you, uh, it tells you to do what you can. If you are not at peace with someone, make sure that is not because of you. Lord, I tried. I thought, I had a, we had one time a family at First Baptist many years ago, uh, and uh, it was a silly conversation where I meant no harm. I actually tried to help, and the, the lady got so offended. The husband came to me in the afternoon when my wife was going to choir, and he told me how offended they were with us. And I said, I, uh, I asked him to forgive me. I wait for the wife to come in. I went to her, and I said, listen, I didn't mean any harm, but anyway, please forgive me if I offended you. Oh, I said, it's okay, I'll forgive you. 
You know how many times we went to that people? At least seven times. With the same issue. Finally, I went to the pastor. I said, Pastor, I can't take this anymore. This is what's going on. And pastor said, you did that seven times? I said, yes, pastor. I just want peace with them. I said, they're not going to give you any peace. They're going to, you know what, to this very day, still the same. Not in my heart. I don't let the, I'm not going to let the joy of the Lord just depart from me because of that. They made their choice. So. Let's go to point number three. For number one, the God of peace. Number two, the obstacles of peace. Number three, growing in peace. President Reagan used the slogan, peace through strength. There cannot be peace for us as a nation without a strong military to defend us. America had to learn the lesson the hard way too many times. Christians need to learn this lesson as well. Romans 15, 13 says, now the the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So the word for power in the Greek is dynamics right here. It's, it is like a word of dynamite. So we can have the dynamite peace of God in our hearts regardless of what we go through. We can allow the problems of life to rob us from the peace we have with God. And sometimes we say, wow, I have no joy in my life. You know why? Because we allow those things to take or suck that joy from us. But how we grow in peace? Number one, you want you ready for this? How I can grow in peace. I made peace with God, but I'm not living with the peace of God. How can I have that peace and living peace with God? Number one, ready? Trust in the Lord. First of all, you need to trust in the Lord. Look, it says Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Notice the emphasis of the, on the mind in this verse. Remember, peace has to do with the spirit guarding your mind. Jesus so connect, connected the peace with trusting God. Jesus said these words in John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. So we have to trust in God. In the midst of problems, of turmoils, of headaches, in, in all kinds of issues, we can trust the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand what people are doing to me. Lord, I don't understand what people are saying about me. Lord, I don't understand why I'm sick. I don't understand this. I don't understand that. But, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Lord, day by day, whatever you have for me, I'm going to trust you, Lord. My oncologist, I drilled him with questions. And he looked at me, I, was, I knew he was sincere as he could be, I could tell. And he said, you know, I want you to know I'm not God. And I said, I never put you in the place of God. No, you're not my God, I'm trusting my God, but I, I, I like to know. <laughs> I just like to know, I like to take it out of your brains, but trust the, in, in the Lord. We have to trust, if we're going to experience the peace of God in our hearts, we have to trust the source of peace. Who's the source of our peace? God. Trust Him. Trust in His Word. How many times life doesn't make sense? Been there? Lord, I don't understand this. I try this. I try that. I try this. It doesn't make any sense, Lord. What can I do? Trust me. Number two, or let it be. How we grow in peace? Rest, rest in Jesus. 
Look what it says in Matthew 11:28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How we grow in peace? Let's rest in Jesus. That's what we need to do. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he will lead you beside the quiet waters. He will calm your troubled heart, or troubled heart, and he will give you peace and rest for your soul. Jesus never promised that you will, you would have, don't, would not have any problems in this world. We do, but let me put it this way: How many times, or do you have, do you have experienced this? There's problems, there's conflicts. We don't know what to do, and you just open your Bible and begin to read the Word of God. You ever been there? And suddenly the Lord just takes that, and you begin to get submerged in the Word of God, mm-hmm. and you, when you close the book. You're totally thinking differently. You ever been there? Of course you've been there. So resting Jesus. First, trusting the Lord. Resting Jesus. Number three, love God's word. Another way to grow in peace is to love God's word. God's word, read it, study, learn it, memorize it, do it. Look what it says in Psalm 119, verse 65. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Proverbs 3.17 says these words, Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Talking about wisdom. When you love, when you love God's word, you will gain wisdom, and, and with wisdom comes peace. Let it be pray and give thanks. You know what? There are situations in our lives, the only thing we can do is pray. It is true. Is nothing else we can do. We can try and try and try and try and comes to the end of like, I'm just going to pray. Pray and give thanks to the Lord that we have the opportunity to pray. Look what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Pray. Folks, there are things that we cannot control. We cannot control. Prayer. Letter E. Live in unity. The fifth way to grow in peace is simply live in unity with each other. Living at peace with other brothers and sisters. With the spirit of unity in your local church. Actually, Ephesians 4.3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in a bound of peace. Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. There is that call of thankfulness again, but the main idea here is that we are called to peace, to, to be at peace with each other. The peace of God that reigns in our hearts. Letter F. Ask God to develop the fruit of peace in your life. Ask. The Bible says, ask in what? It shall be given unto you. Ask the Lord, I want the manifestation of the Spirit, the peace, your peace in my heart. Folks, I, I, for my own life, I'm sort of like this. That's why the thing this year, more of Jesus, less of me. Let me die to self and let God flourish in me. 
and have that peace of God in me. Because there are things that you try, you try, you try, and you get frustrated. You, why this thing don't happen? Why that thing not Why this person don't listen? Why the, you know what? Let's have the peace of God reign in our hearts. Because there are things we can just not do it. We can't take pray for those other things. Pray. Ask God to develop the fruit of peace in your heart. Remember, peace has to do with your mind. When you ask God to develop the peace, uh, the fruit of the peace in your life, you are asking Him to guard and control your mind by the Holy Spirit. I conclude with this. And so we come to the end of this beautiful uh, trilogy right here of love, joy, and peace. Can you imagine if your life is full of love, then joy, then peace? Not just full of love, but full of God's love. Not just full of joy, but full of God's joy. Not just full of peace, but full of God's peace. Because He is the source of joy. He is the source of love. He is the source of peace. That's where we get it from, right? He is that source. We don't have the joy of the world. The world talks about happiness. We don't, we don't we now have the, the, the love of the world. That's all come from our God. Love, joy, and peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you are the source of love and you are the source of joy. You are the source of peace. Help us, each one of us here tonight and those who are watching online, Lord, to just, Lord, die to self. More of Jesus, less of us. So we can experience those manifestations of the Spirit in our hearts and enjoy life. Lord, sometimes we battle. Sometimes we think. Sometimes we, we, we battle in our minds with how we're going to fix this and fix that. And Lord, may we live in peace. And let the peace of, that comes from you reign in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.